Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the HCA UK Corporate Wellbeing Podcast. In this mini-series, we're discussing neurodiversity and inviting a range of experts to give us a more give us more insight into the topic. So far, we've heard from psychologist Christine Tanner, giving us an insight into what is neurodiversity. Occupational health GP Karen Lindell discussing neurodiversity in the workplace, and more recently from Amber Williams, senior business psychologist at Lexic, speaking about obtaining a diagnosis. In this fourth and final episode, we'll be speaking to an individual who was recently diagnosed with autistic spectrum disorder, who can give us all some insight into what impact getting diagnosed later in life has had on her and how it's impacted her at work. I'm Sarah Baker, and I'm really pleased to be joined by Isabel Mangan, who works at BMP Paribas. Isabel, welcome, and thank you for agreeing to join me today. Can you please tell us a little bit about yourself and about your journey to getting a diagnosis? Hi, thank you. Um, So I'm Isabel, and I work at BMP Paribas, and I came into the bank uh, as an intern uh, via Ambitious About Autism. And I started off as a trainee in the client implementation team and I stayed on and I've now been at BMP Paribas for one year and I'm an assistant project manager. I was diagnosed uh, with uh, autism spectrum disorder about two years ago now. And uh, to be honest with you, it was quite a difficult process to go through uh, really, or at least my personal experience of it was. So I sort of started going through the process while I was at university, uh, and this was in Bristol, and there was a very long waiting list. Uh, I think it was about a year to wait for the full assessment. So I had a preliminary preliminary assessment. I was waiting for the full assessment, and was, yeah, taking about a year. Uh, And then when I moved home after I graduated, I then got discharged uh, after I moved because I moved back to Portsmouth. Um, and so I kind of had to start the process from scratch again. And also when I when I moved back home, there wasn't any sort of like note sharing uh, uh, going on or anything like that. So I literally had to start right from the beginning. And this whole process took about two years, obviously, for someone with Asperger's that can cause quite a lot of anxiety. Uh, and so to be honest, like in hindsight, I think I would have... Uh, had I have known the problems that this would have caused me, I would have much preferred to go down the private route. Uh, but this is just, I, I didn't really sort of like foresee uh, all of that uh, waiting uh, uh, and all of sort of the um, the faff around it really happening. Uh, and in terms of the assessment itself, when I actually, you know, finally got through to it at the end, I had an an initial session and then I had a full assessment, which I think lasted around two to three hours and it was quite comprehensive and I had to have a family member with me to talk about, you know, uh, sort of how things had been when I was younger and things like that. Um, And then once I got the assessment, I was sent through a full report of everything uh, that had been discussed um, within uh, that that assessment meeting, uh, which was, you know, about 10 pages long or something like that, just sort of piecing together all the evidence uh, that I sort of given during that conversation. And then I was referred 
uh, to sort of my local uh, support group, I guess would be would be the way to describe it. Just um, for kind of like post-diagnosis support. Um, there was nothing really specific, but it's actually quite nice to connect with other people uh, that you know that live near me or that are of a similar age to me to that also have ASD to talk to them about this stuff. Well, thank you for sharing that. It really does sound like it has been a journey for you, a very long drawn out process. Um, what's actually changed for you since your diagnosis? Well, I mean, pre-diagnosis, I thought, because as I was going through the diagnosis, it was kind of implied that even though an official verdict hadn't been given, that um, that it it would be uh, it would be the case that I would get the diagnosis because of the things uh, that the person that was assessing me had sort of been hearing along the way. And I thought, you know, if they give me this diagnosis, it's going to be some kind of epiphany moment and everything's going to click into place and everything that didn't make sense before will now make sense. Uh, but in reality, it didn't really quite pan out like that. Um, it, it, it was a bit underwhelming in, in some sense. Like I felt like, oh, not, not much has actually changed. But then over time since then, that, you know, over the past two years since the diagnosis, it's been more of a gradual process. Um, and I feel like I've slowly come to sort of one, accept uh, the diagnosis and two, uh, sort of begin to understand things that happened in the past, maybe situations which really worried me or something like that. Those, all of those things that had happened before started to make sense. And moving forward from this point, I think I'm kind of a bit more self-aware about how that condition affects me and probably more kinder to myself as well as a result of that. That's really interesting. Um, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, do you think being neurodivergent impacts you in the workplace personally? I think, yeah, I can, I can definitely think of a few ways uh, in, in which it impacts me at work probably the, the biggest one is that um if, if there's a lot of background noise in office because i work in a sort of open office uh, that it can be quite hard to concentrate uh, but i've sort of found that um the way to get around this just listen to some sort of calm music you know um and that that usually helps and if sometimes i come to the office then it's not that busy at all so it's not it's not always a problem um but that is that is definitely one way uh, that it impacts me i think as well i definitely have a tendency to get super fixated on um on things and i know that that is something that impacts uh, a lot of people with asd um so for example like if i have a presentation you know and i have to present to um, a, a group of people that will really stress me out beforehand and I sort of get so fixated on it I can't think about anything else and sometimes as well that that has like sort of the capacity to, to, to affect my sleep as well uh, yeah. so that is that can be a bit of a problem but I also think the whole fixation thing can have positives as well like in terms of um, in terms of my job like sometimes if I 
if, if I have a particular piece of work or if there's uh, some initiative I'm involved in, being really fixated on that and sort of having that drive and wanting to do the best I can in, you know, that particular area. I think that's, that's sort of a really desirable thing to have, or at least that's what a lot of other people have said uh, about me, which has been really positive. Oh, it's, I yeah. Think, it's, sorry, I was going to say, it must be lovely to hear that about yourself as well. So, yeah, um, exactly. and the positives. Um, probably just two other things to mention on this question. Um, sometimes if there's if there's like a large group of people again in like the in, in the post-COVID world, um, there's not really a situation that I sort of come into contact with that much, which might have been the case like previously. Um, but it's really hard to sort of speak up or know when it's your turn to speak or or something like that. So that that can be quite a challenge to navigate. Um, and probably the final thing is just, I know at times uh, because of because of the ASD, like, I can be very direct and very blunt about things. And sort of because people have mentioned this to me, I, I don't think I've ever done anything uh, uh, really sort of, uh, I don't think I've ever said anything that I really shouldn't have. understand that um so you already had your diagnosis when you started um work so are there any allowances or changes you and your employer have made to support you in the workplace yeah so like right from the start uh, there have been sort of uh, adjustments put in place which have been super useful and they've really supported me like even from the very beginning from the application process for the job. I mean, I'm super lucky because I came in through Ambitious Outwaters and so all of these things were sort of set up for me in the first place. Mm. Um, but in terms of actually being in the role now, um, my man, my manager always, um, he, he's always um, sort of encouraging me to take regular breaks and stuff like that, which I think is really good for concentration. I don't really like to uh, sort of sit down for, uh, long periods of time or something like that. I need to like go have a quick walk around the block even like get some fresh air um, also sort of at the beginning when I was coming to the office it was quite it was sort of quite a big new routine to get used to I guess so being able to have some kind of like contingency plans in place like if I don't know if the train gets cancelled if I'm late or something like that just ha having like alternative things to to know what to do in case things go wrong basically that sort of put my mind at ease a bit yeah it's um and as well as it's just having regular one-to-ones with my line manager just making sure everything is uh going fine essentially and sort of on a more practical note um being given clear instructions for work has been uh really beneficial just having everything in bullet points I think especially when you work in a bank there's just a lot of jargon and things which are difficult to get your head around so just as making making things as clear as possible uh has has definitely uh benefited me 
Yeah, it's great that you've got the full support of your manager. It must make working life so much easier for you. Um, So obviously your manager knows. Are you quite open about your autism um, with the rest of your colleagues? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I've sort of taken this unconventional route into my job, which has kind of been attached to the diagnosis in some sense because I came in through ambitious autism. And I'm and to be totally transparent, like if if I hadn't taken this route in and I just come on a in on a regular graduate program, I'm and I happen to have ASD, I'm not sure that I would be so comfortable and so open about it. So that taking this route has actually helped me to accept it more, for sure, which has been a positive thing, of course. Um, But equally, at the same time, there's there's been no expectation to sort of talk about it if I didn't want to or um, to share it with people I didn't want to. But in, you know, the majority of the time, if I felt a need to, I felt comfortable to share that information with a lot of people and to... Uh, you know, talk about events and talk to talk at events about uh, sort of my whole experience. Uh, and that that has been really positive. And, you know, it's I think it's really helped me to accept it for myself. But I think it also shows uh, sort of the, I guess, the environment that I work in and the people that I work with that have sort of allowed me to feel included, I guess, and to feel to feel comfortable saying these things like out in the open. Mm. Well, I think it is does seem to be more and more accepted um, these days. So, um, but yeah, it's, it must be great having someone that um, other people can kind of relate to. Do you have a particular piece of advice that you'd give people who think they may be neurodivergent and haven't, excuse me, haven't been diagnosed yet to whether to seek help, diagnosis, or what sort of support they'd um, kind of go to from their um, line managers? I think it's a really hard question to uh, to answer because I think that you know even people on the spectrum they it you know it's called a spectrum for a reason and it, it differs so so uh, sort of vastly across that so it's hard to sort of uh, present some advice that sort of one size fits all uh, if that makes sense yeah but yeah that- I. Um, I think I th- I think I'd probably go back to what I said at the beginning about you know the experience of my diagnosis and it's I guess it's always good to hear sort of about other people's experience if you're considering going down this route yourself um, and. You know, I would say that it, it's not going to magically solve all of your problems, but if it's something that you think would help you, because by having the official diagnosis, uh, you, you can then sort of look into what sort of strategies might help you, what sort of support is available for someone uh, with ASD. And if you think that doing so will benefit you, then it's definitely worth pursuing. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Isabel. That's been really, really insightful and, yeah, just generally interesting. I'd probably ask you a hundred more questions, but, um, yeah, we obviously haven't got the time for that today. But, yeah, I really um, thank you for 
um, joining us. And thank you for thank those you for that have listened. You're welcome. And thank you to those who have listened to the podcast series. And we hope to see you again. Thank you.